0: cool 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 come on in we're fine this is fine hello hello and welcome back to your favorite unhinged podcast if we haven't met yet congratulations you've made it to a particularly weird corner of the internet I'm your host Dominique and I am so happy to have you here with us especially today We're kicking off October's set of episodes, something we are dubbing over here in the studio as Take Better Care of Yourself Month. Is this the theme? Because our team is currently spiraling and in need of a little reset? Perhaps. It's fine. We'll have four episodes this month, each of which will be focused on ways you can evaluate your current status, your self-care, your wellness, your mental health, all that good stuff. And then you'll get the step two from us, what to do about it. We'll provide tools to improve each of those categories with tactical, practical ways you can apply them immediately. We love a little how-to, don't we? Today, we've got an absolutely incredible guest who many of you probably know and love already, the king of nutrition himself, the man behind Fit Men Cook, Kevin Curry. Kevin is a health and nutrition influencer, a recipe creator and chef, author, content creator, and all-around gem of a human being. We met several years ago in Park City, Utah on a press trip, and we got the chance to bond over a media dinner, and also a little bit while driving through a snowstorm. As I'm sure many of his fans and followers are, I was instantly drawn to Kevin's warm, kind, exuberant personality and zest for life. I have since become a huge fan of his amazing recipes and his cookbook, which although titled Fit Men Cook, is very suitable for all humans, fit and unfit. Kevin recently launched his own podcast, At The Table, where he says the best conversations happen around food. And as a pair of friends who literally got started over a meal, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. Today, we're going to discuss the world of health and nutrition on social media, specifically where we are at culturally with social media and wellness, healthy eating, etc. Where we're headed and how to navigate a healthy relationship with these channels, specifically wellness influencer Instagram, health talk, wellness talk. For those of you who aren't on TikTok, that just means healthy video content on TikTok. But before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Smudge Wellness, home to all things crystal, mystical, and spiritual self-care. Like a supply store for witches, really. Find gorgeous amethyst geodes and rose quartz towers, choose a beautiful intention deck, or send your best friend a post breakup spell kit so they can smudge away their toxic ex. Get magical and channel your inner Hermione slash Sanderson sister slash Sally Owens at smudgewellness.com. This is Fine listeners can use a special code, which is its own form of magic, to get a sweet discount. Use This Is Fine 20 at checkout and get ready to enter your mystic era. Kevin, welcome to This Is Fine. We are so stoked to have you on the show today. And as always, we like to open up with a little check-in. Are you fine today? I am fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is fine. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful to get your voice and your opinion. We haven't talked in a long time, so this is fun on my end just to catch up. But for those of our listeners who haven't heard from you or haven't followed you yet on social media, would you be able to give them a little background on who you are, what you've been up to these past many years in the wellness world?
1: Oh, uh, sure. You know, my name is Kevin. I'm based out of Dallas, Texas. Started my journey in wellness probably around 2010, just trying just to lose weight, feel better, went through a really bad breakup and uh, just found myself back at square one and with depression as well. And then also with the stock market crashing. So I was kind of just in a rebuilding phase. And what I did was I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I was on food stamps. So I was just trying to piece together what a healthy diet would actually look like. I didn't know where to begin. So I went to half price books and just bought like every single book they had there about nutrition and just began to read And then I had this idea because I couldn't afford a personal trainer just to crowdsource my diet, meaning I would just post every single thing that I was eating with the recipe, the steps and whatnot, all on social media for the expectation that people who knew a lot more about nutrition and wellness would share back with me. And I made the pictures look good because I was reading a whole lot. And I had this idea that like, I just didn't think that we could that we were meant to be put on this earth and have such a restrictive diet and approach to eating. So I was taking foods that I really enjoyed already, like Mexican food, because I'm here in Texas, and just deconstructing it and working backwards and, sw- and swapping in certain ingredients that were less calorie dense and other ingredients that were much more n- nutritious for me. So I was re-engineering my diet and I was sharing that on social media. And there are a lot more people who are just like me, who are ready for that, who wanted that type of um, content and who were looking for something like that, and um, and that's how it and, and that's how it all began. People began to follow me and ask me questions. That I was losing weight, and so since then, took my little blog and turned that into an app, a cookbook, a global community of people who are just enthusiastic about living well. Uh, I'm not an absolutist whenever it comes to food, so food should be enjoyed, just we've got to prepare it in much more calorie conscious ways.
0: Amazing. And I love that this happened for you so organically, like you were just truly on your journey with this very like pure intention of, you know, starting afresh and feeling better and taking your life in a healthy direction. And it grew into this massive nutrition wellness empire. You were an influencer before the word influencer was really used. What was that like for you with this, you know, very natural, very organic beginning? Becoming this big machine on social media now, like you've been here from the beginning. What was that transition like?
1: Yeah, so it's hard to go back in time and people um, tend to forget. I mean, we all like, tend to forget how social media was. But around the time, it was 2012, when I started up my blog and Instagram, was, I think was maybe like two years old. Yeah, and I, I was knew. just kind of leveraging it just to find out what I should be posting to my Tumblr blog.
0: Uh, yes.
1: So that was the way that I was truly communicating with people. And then when I was posting the content on Instagram to get feedback on what I should maybe post in my blog, it was really cool because all of a sudden people would would be able to respond back to me. And it was like this back and forth of talking to people across the world. And I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I've gotten I've getting people in Sweden saying, Oh my god, I just tried this meal that you posted and it was wonderful. Thank you so much. So cool that's that's just the promise of social media that it just connects us and so I think social media at that time was much more about what was much more about the sharing of ideas um, and the, and the connectedness and over time you see social media become much more about a race to become viral to become popular to become well known and so really? while those same things exist in social media in terms of being able to connect with people and share stuff. I think now the culture of it is much more about how do I get famous? Because Mm -hmm. Hollywood is no longer that, you know, that, that big, shiny gold star. You can have Hollywood right in the comfort of your living room.
0: It's so true. And the intention, like you just mentioned, is so different than your intention. And, you know, a handful of others where you came on with the desire to engage with a community and do something, you know, for yourself that is healthy and like you just said now the intention and I'm sure you've seen tons of this on TikTok as well it's like how to go viral use this sound to go viral so it really has been such a shift and you've been in it for so long I feel like you are the best situated person to give a little bit of a state of the union on wellness social media wellness culture right now I feel like the industry obviously exploded in the mid-2010s and you were in there like at the very beginning. I think we took a hard turn during the pandemic. We reevaluated our approach and our relationship to wellness. So where are we at? What is your perspective of where we're at in this industry?
1: Well, you know, and, and I would challenge that. I don't think that we took a, a, a large turn. Like that, I think the wellness industry has always just kind of been the way it is. What I think yeah. that the social media has done is it's exacerbated those, those, shifts, those changes mm. and those shifts. But also, I like that you said that during the pandemic, there was a behavioral change. I think that that behavioral change was you saw social media platforms, the big giants, becoming a lot more aggressive about capturing that engagement. Remember, that right. we we're just sitting at home. And so there was not, you know, there was not like anything we could do. And it wasn't just the US. This was globally. We're all sitting on our phone. We're all sitting at home. So what do you do? You pick up your phone and begin to look at stuff. And that was the reason why there are so many, um, you know, you had the protest and whatnot, because for the first time, we couldn't just busy ourselves and look away from right. something. It was saturated. So I think at that time, social media platforms just began this this contest to vie for um, our attention, for our engagement. And that came at the result, and it comes at the, at the consequence of, of human behavior, of diet culture, of of, of beauty culture, mm-hmm. just about anything of entertainment, and I don't think that you know that that was. I, I I don't think that they understood the consequence. When I say they, the social media platforms, and I'll get into some details in a second, but I'm just like, the, this is how I would just look at the landscape. I don't yeah. think that anyone is really looking at, at the consequences of these things um, as tightly as they should be behaviorally. Now, from the wellness industry, we've always wellness has always just kind of been this thing like, let's figure out how to biohack maybe our bodies, <laughs> and, right. and that's not a bad thing, right? Because I think when it's tied to human performance and things like that, understanding wellness. Is a great thing, but what's happened over time is that wellness is largely seen and filtered through the lens of what beauty standards are and what right and and the aesthetics of it, and that is hugely, hugely, hugely dangerous from a behavioral standpoint because now all of a sudden we are viewing ourselves the way that through, through a lens that has been manicured first off through social media and secondly through people who are quite frankly paid to look like what they look like.
0: Like supermodels.
1: (laughs) So all of a sudden exactly. Yeah, all of a sudden we're getting all of our health news and our and, 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 and what we should be doing and looking like and eating like from people who are paid to look like that. And, and
0: it's not always healthy. No,
1: it's not. it's not it's first off, it's not healthy just from a um from a mental standpoint, just because if you don't look like that, then the takeaway is okay, then I'm not healthy that I'm not well so yep. I got to go and look and, and you're like not that. worthy. Yeah, you know and so I think that is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things. and then now you have this idea that okay, and let's just go ahead and call it out. One of the greatest things that ever happened to to social media (laughs) during the (laughs) the pandemic was TikTok. It was entertaining and everybody went there. And so they were growing at an astronomical rate. And all of a sudden, you had these other big giants like Facebook, which was already there were a lot of cracks in that surface already because of the way that the platform was operating. and then they had acquired Instagram, all of a sudden, they're seeing these like it, these engagement drops. So just par for the courses, what Facebook and Instagram have always done is they just they just copied everything. There is largely nothing. Honestly, if you think about it, any of their updates that have been novel since 2012 when they were first founded, the video thing was was to be able to compete with YouTube. And yep. once, and then they started to go live. Why? Because Periscope was going live. After that, they wanted to start sharing stories. Because why? Because Snapchat was doing that. Then all of a sudden, they're like, "Well, let's do smaller videos and whatnot." And so we can say that the IG videos are for that you know the longer forms of content to compete with YouTube. But let's do these smaller forms of content so we can compete with Vine. So wow, there has yeah, been you're so right. Um, <laughs>
0: You're so right.
1: Yeah. So there's been nothing that Facebook and and Instagram or just meta, whatever you want to call them, has been novel. Nothing that they have done has been novel since 2012. And it's always been to compete. Now, with this TikTok, we saw a huge shift, huge shift in the way that those platforms were were operating in that now, because Instagram wants to really compete with that engagement, they they have literally turned their entire platform into a TikTok copycat.
0: It's so true. I don't even spend time on there anymore right. because I don't see like my <laughs> friends and family. It's just like reels of people I don't know. <laughs> there we
1: go. And so I know this is a long roundabout way of answering your question.
0: No, it's great. <laughs> that is, ha-
1: That is so now like you're saying, well, I'm not seeing the content, and the people that I follow anymore. What are you seeing? You are, you are. You're being offered up content, first off, that you didn't opt into. They, mm-hmm. are, they, are, they are silencing or they're, they are discounting content that you actually would want and offering up instead content that is getting good engagement. Concepts. That's so true. So what does that look like? That looks like, for all intents and purposes, booty shots with a whole bunch of glitter on them <laughs> and ho- holding up a green smoothie. Yes, exactly. Every single shirtless person in the world is doing push-ups and and push-ups into a backflip on top of a tire.
0: It's like engagement thirst traps. Yes,
1: (laughs) and that's all it is. Then you're saying, ooh, this is a protein waffle quesadilla pancake burger, and because I made it with protein powder, it's healthy.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: You're seeing, You're seeing like, some crazy stuff too. <laughs> but you, but this is what's happening, right? You're yeah, seeing,
0: it's it's hilarious and sad because it's real. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was well, I was going through the other day, and it's just like these people that I follow, and they aren't even like this. This is what is always really bothered me about the wellness piece is that people are tapping into it because the wellness industry is a trillion dollar industry, not even billion, and there's yeah. tons of engagement, and more and more as we as technology advances, people are more concerned about what's going into their bodies. So if I, if I know that piece, oh, well, then let me craft and curate like, my content to be like that. So all of a sudden, we see stuff like pizza for weight loss. It is the exact same pizza recipe that you would get anywhere. And, and it's just
0: marketed there. differently. Yes, it's
1: just with real ingredients. Well, that's not weight loss. <laughs>
0: That's just a more nutritious and wholesome pizza, right?
1: It's just using pizza with you know with whole foods the same way that you would do it at a restaurant. So
0: it's like what you get in Italy,
1: (laughs) correct? Yeah, there's no pizza for weight loss. I saw something the other day: butter chicken for weight loss. There is no butter chicken for weight loss. What?
0: (laughs) It's just butter chicken, and if you eat balanced and you eat you know in moderation,
1: like anything can be good for weight loss. So you have people competing for a voice in the space because that's the only way that they can survive because these platforms have designed it as such.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm thinking about it also from like my user perspective as a content creator and thinking about the shift where it's like I used to be able to connect with people and share things that, you know, I was creating, writing, the podcast. And now I don't know if it's the algorithm or, you know, they want me to spend money on promoting posts, but, you know, it's dropped by exponential percentage, like from the thousands into like low hundreds. Um, I don't know if you've seen a similar oh, shift.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. know, oh, now, um, I mean, my engagement has dropped off at least 70, 80%. We went from, because oh. we would always, and, and here's the frustration too. With some of the platforms, once you get to a certain level, and you know this just because you know, like you got that blue check, and you work behind the scenes <laughs> and some stuff, right? They yep. will reach out to you and they'll let you know some of the things that are coming down the pipe. You know, in terms of like updates to the platforms, because they want certain creators to begin to use them, and so they'll get these creators like me, like, all right, sure, we're gonna do some IGTV stuff. We were doing yep. all the long forms of content, and then once they started with the TikTok. We go from hundreds of thousands of views, literally overnight, to 9,000 views.
0: Yeah. Less than, and wow. it's
1: like, it is clockwork. So we reached out. We reached out to these, to, um, you know, uh, to the platform and asked these questions, like, hey, like, what's going on? And this is their response back, and I'm going to, uh, it's almost verbatim. Well, I can just tell you that, like, I think a lot of people are no longer interested in the short-form content, but I can promise you, if you share some of the reels, that reels, your, that, yep. that your followers will see a lot more of that content. Uh, and so what <laughs> prompted a response for me was like, well, if people are following me, if my followers are following me, why would they not see anything that I post then?
0: Why does the format matter Correct. if they're following you for your content? It shouldn't matter the medium of content they want to hear from you.
1: Correct. And they want to hear yeah. about like some of the ideas that I have around XYZ topic. But because it is not in line with their business strategy, they do not offer up your content at the same rate. So you have yeah. to play the game the way that they want it to. But here's the tricky part about wellness is that People are going to these extremes just to be noticed. Yep. And they're pushing the envelope and putting out what I think is really dangerous misinformation out there just so that they can be seen. There is no reason why anybody should be bench pressing a couch on a skateboard.
0: That's terrifying, you know. Yeah,
1: like, what? And show, and and no days off. This is a, you know you got to push yourself. Well, that doesn't show that you're actually well. It right. doesn't. It just shows that <laughs> that you can. You're extreme. Yeah, maybe you could be in Cirque du Soleil. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe.
0: It shows that maybe check in with a trainer slash therapist. <laughs>
1: right. You know. Right. And then I'll also say this is that this is one of the unintended consequences. But there has been a lot of talk about this from a race standpoint too when people don't understand some of the implications so when you look at the wellness industry oftentimes it is curated through the lens of a particular look and feel
0: like uh, a white woman yes i was gonna say i was <laughs> yeah. i was
1: going there blonde hair blue eyes white woman right yeah so and and you could see this i'm gonna show like two two examples this happened a lot with TikTok. tock well, a lot of black creators saying hey People are stealing my content. I'm not getting, like, credit for it. So, you know, one of the most viral things about TikTok are just the dance videos. People doing the dances, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of these Black creators and and BIPOC creators would, like, create these dances to songs. I didn't know this. I thought TikTok was a platform where you can log in and you watch the dance there and you mimic it. No, people are having to go to YouTube and find people who are creating these dances and then they do them on TikTok. Had no.
0: Oh my idea. god! I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I had no
1: idea. Uh, so that's what they're doing. All these like tutorials, and sometimes people would create them on TikTok. So you had a lot of the, these BIPOC creators doing that, and so they do it, and then a lot of these larger white influencers would begin to do the TikToks, and all of a sudden they're going viral, right? Yep. Because of what people just want to see. Oh, oh, that's cool. Look at her; she's cute and fun, or he's funny and <laughs> affable, and all these things, right? And it's not – and so you're – it's coming at the expense that they're getting all that from these BIPOC creators and they're not getting the the recognition.
0: Right. And the people who are repurposing the content are giving no credit to the
1: original source. Correct. You see this within the wellness industry. If I put out Mm -hmm. like a recipe sometimes or, you know, especially a BIPOC creator putting out a recipe in the wellness industry, someone could take that and they have – and just do the exact same recipe, but because of what they look like, that part is in that part is, oh, wow. And, and, and how it is in race, too, it's, it's also in like physique. You know, you're right. taking people's, you know, content like, all right, this is a great recipe. I'm the average Joe. You know, I'm well, I'm, I'm, I lift weights, I do triathlons, I do endurance work, I do, you know, all these things, but because you don't look like a cover model. And you're not cooking it up shirtless or someone is not or a female is not scantily clad cooking up a recipe, it doesn't go right. as
0: far. Yeah, um, it's so true. The more okay. clothes you wear as a woman, the yeah. less viral you're gonna go.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then also in the same yeah. case, I mean, you'll also have like some of the say it's like there is no room for creativity anymore on social media. It's the exact same thing. So listen up. If everyone is gonna be, you know, sharing stuff about feta and baked pasta. Oh my God. I have to see 85 different versions from the same person. There's not a lot of ingenuity anymore. There's just none. It's just a race to be viral. So whatever is viral, I've got to go ahead and do that. And people aren't feeling comfortable creating anymore. And the stuff that they do create is intentionally made for the purpose of going viral.
0: Right. Instead of what we keep coming back to, like your original purpose, I think a lot of, you know, us in the health and wellness space who came to this place with the intention of sharing good things that we've found for ourselves, gathering from a community good things that are working from other people and just helping one another live more healthfully, live longer. I know that's one of your things, live healthier, live longer. You know, coming from this well-intentioned place and We, like, collectively, we—I don't want to paint with too broad a brush—in this industry have lost sight of that based on what you've pointed out, the social media algorithms.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's—it is what it is, you know, in a sense. Like, and I do think—I wholeheartedly believe what you just said. I think that we have lost sight of that just because, again— People's livelihood, and and you know what? And there's listeners out there being like, "Well, what is the big harm in this?" I I need you to understand first off how influencers are paid, how they're compensated.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? So
1: let's just <laughs> please share. You know, first off, think of an influencer or think of a food person like myself, kind of like an athlete. I may have like a Nike contract, right? And I've got to have on my clothes whenever I go out to perform. Influencers are that same way. So depending on the following how large a following you have how much engagement you get it dictates how much brands would actually pay you or even they want to pay you so then all of a sudden when these platforms come across come around and they kill engagement and and favor some over others that's someone's income yeah that's literally someone this is not a this is not a oh I'm trying to be famous. No, this is even with me. Yeah. I'm just like I'm just trying to pay my bills. I'm just I'm trying making to, a
0: living. Yeah,
1: I'm just trying to offer up free content. And here's what people aren't realizing: Do you understand the reason why um, Fitman Cook grew at the rate at which it grew in 2012? Is that I didn't realize it at the time, but I was breaking the model. Whenever you, it, it's hard to you know like to imagine this, but back in the day. In order to get wellness content, a lot of like healthy eating stuff, the stuff that I was sharing, meal plans, you had to pay someone for that. Yeah, And I was just sharing it freely because I wanted to give back free advice. So it was breaking the, 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 the traditionally held model of putting up a paywall for that information. So when people, people like me were coming around and just sharing it liberally to, for the free sharing of ideas, it broke that. And everyone started to have to, you know, like share share content liberally and think about other ways to go and do. It. Now, because of the way it's working, because of the unpredictability of these platforms, guess what people are doing now? You're starting to see gated content again. It's no yeah. more the free sharing of ideas as much. I'm going to put up the viral stuff, you know, just to get you to, get you to look I'll right Capture way. you. Yes. But everything else you've got to pay for now.
0: Yeah, it's true because people are trying to make a living and correct. when your living is based on engagement and following, if your engagement and following drop off and you can't make that you know, same amount of money, you're not working less on your content, you're not spending fewer hours, you're not putting out lower quality, you know, less produced content, you're still doing the same amount and same quality of work, but your pay is de- now dependent on an algorithm you can't control.
1: Correct. That is 1000% correct. And so, you know, it's it's coming at the expense of all of us of sharing, you know, content, but also I think behaviorally and mentally. And I know this is probably, I'm not sure if this is where what you were looking for in terms of a question, but you could see I'm really passionate about this because
0: <laughs> love it. I'm
1: angry at the same yeah. time about like what this is doing to our health. Like I really feel the same way and someone's going to get upset for me saying this. The same way that, you know, that I think that people doing keto are part of the largest longitudinal study in the history of like wellness industry. (laughs) What I mean by that is like, we don't really know the effects of telling people to eat a high fat diet over time. Yeah, we'll know
0: in a few years. (laughs) Yeah, we'll know
1: in a few years. I think this is the same thing with social media. We're going to find out in a few years, how this actually helped humanity or hurt humanity. And I'm yeah. thinking right now it's kind of hurting us in, right. behaviorally. Um,
0: right.
1: And the first thing that you do w- once you get up in the morning, oftentimes is you're, you're looking at your social media platform. You're looking at that to see who's responded to you. You're looking at that for the news. You're looking at that for your pick-me-up. Everything that you see is crafted and curated. And what, it, what effect does that have on our overall wellness?
0: Right. What, I mean, I can only imagine detrimental.
1: Yeah. Right. And then on the other side of that, you've got influencers who were sharing content. And, I've, and I'm guilty, not even guilty of this, but I, I'll say that I've felt this way before. Like, wow, you put so much work into your content and it's not being offered up anymore. Right. What do you do? Is it, is it me? Is the content right. bad? Maybe I should go a different way, but I don't really feel that that's the right thing because that, that's not true to me. Right. Well, what should I you do? Question,
0: yeah. You question your own value, your own worth. Like, is my work good enough? Is this worth sharing with people right. anymore? And, like, we keep coming back to this, but we keep talking about, you know, the algorithm and engagement and who's seeing. And it's, again, not with the intention of being viral for clout. It's the intention of sharing something good with as many people, as many people in your community as possible. And that is now impossible. And then, you know, psychologically, like you were just, you know, getting to, it impacts your mental health.
1: Yeah, because now all of a sudden you're looking at the stuff that you create through a lens of, man through how people will engage with it, not looking at the content itself. Right. So, I mean, I I had this idea too because I saw this thing. It was, I think Meta had like a mental health summit or maybe it was a breakout panel on uh-huh. mental wellness and I just had to laugh. And I was like, there yeah. is absolutely zero way that they are concerned about people's mental wellness. Yeah, not at all. And you could say that and you could see that just because like if you don't post Dominique like what happens?
0: Uh you lose people, you lose engagement. Yeah,
1: and they will purposely do that. So this whole idea like yeah, we encourage people to take some time off, your algorithm is antithetical to that very idea. It's so true. <laughs> They've designed point. something that you is, don't encourage that. <laughs> you encourage them to oh be on all the time.
0: All the time. I I just like heard a quote, maybe it was from Netflix, that like they're not competing with other people, they're competing with sleep. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're winning. Like, <laughs> like and, it's so like yes. you said, antithetical to mental health, to your well being. It's the opposite of why both of us got into this like digital space of wellness. Correct.
1: Like, if they were really concerned about that, then let's say that you like this would happen. This would be a feature. You could go in there and you could put up um, a vacation, you know, thing and say, Hey, I need a break from this. You can select yes. the options. Why? You could say mental health break. Boom. They can actually put that up. When you go to your page, Dom, it would say, Hey, Dom is on a mental, um, you know, a wellness break, taking a break from social media, whatever you, Wait, I
0: love that. you want to go
1: ahead and share, <laughs> right? And then instead yeah. of losing engagement, instead of doing that, they would actually support you and do this. Let's say that I follow you and there's some post that I didn't see because I didn't like, they would offer up your content still while you're away.
0: Oh my god. Can you make can you just make like a VIP and <laughs> like
1: platform? Because like, this is genius. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like if they're really concerned about it. And then maybe yeah. too, like, hey, you know what? If I see that you're like on a mental wanna spread, why don't you drop her a note? And when she's back online, she can see it. So it's more like yes. you can look into your own like inbox and be like, Hey, Dom, saw that you're taking a break. Hope that you're doing well. Blah, blah, blah. Right?
0: Why is this making me cry? I love this idea.
1: Like if, <laughs> like if they were really concerned, but they're not.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> they yeah, they're not. Money. Okay. This actually brings up what I also wanted to talk about today, which, okay, obviously social media platforms are not concerned with our health. They're not concerned with our mental health, but they are the, unfortunately, the only digital way that we're really connecting with one another mm-hmm. and getting this information. So for our listeners who are, they're not on the influencer or wellness industry side, but they are consumers of this content. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe their whole TikTok feed is like health and wellness talk. Maybe their Instagram is all reels of like the guy doing pushups on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um do you think there's a healthy way for your community, for our listeners, for, for the wellness consumers in general, to have a healthier relationship with social media, specifically wellness social media?
1: Yeah. First, I think that you should follow a diverse, you know, like a range of people that have different perspectives. And honestly, this is what I would give advice to anybody regardless of social media, but I think it's really important now. You got to do your own research.
0: Yes, please. You
1: have to do your own research and find out what is important for you and what works for you. And I think yes. the danger of social media or the issue I think with sometimes is that people will follow people and do the exact same thing.
0: Yes, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. And I've actually, but, specifically about your platform, I love that you've never, like from the beginning, you've never offered a copy and paste diet plan but rather these recipes that someone can incorporate into their own personal right. regimen and like things do get sticky when you're like carbon copying you know copy and paste a one size fits all diet right you've never taken that approach and i believe that's on purpose
1: yeah just because it was how i found my way to, well it's how i cracked the algorithm for my own body and i remember what i was doing too i was um this was when I was first starting out, like really getting serious. And I started doing, doing a lot of the, these bodybuilding um, diets and plans and whatnot. And I was just doing them straight out, just copying yeah. and pasting. And I was a beast in the gym. And I was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do this. And I was not losing weight. Um, in fact, I just kept like remaining the exact same. And I'm like, I'm eating healthy. And this guy at the gym, this 50 year old guy, he says, well, what are you eating? And I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I'm eating the three chicken breasts. and 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 broccoli and this and this and he said, "How much are you eating?" I said, "Oh, about like ten ounces of the chicken breast, twelve ounces, I think, because you know your protein's really important." And he said, "I think you're eating way like too much." And I was like, "Impossible, impossible!" <laughs> because this guy that I, this bodybuilder guy, eats this. I stopped eating that, and my body started to change. Wow! So that's why I stopped. I didn't. I was like, "All right." When if I ever get the opportunity to share with people, I'll never use my platform to be like that you've gotta eat just this and this gonna get these results because all that got me was frustrated and disenchanted and I almost quit because I'm like, it's not yeah. worth it.
0: Imagine if you had stayed on that and never talked to that man in the gym. Yeah. And then, you know, you burned out and you never went on this journey with your health and fitness that has impacted millions of people. Like what a difference that made just from coming off of a cut-and-paste plan.
1: Right, right. And so I think that people have to get this. And your you're a listener out there, I want you to get something. Like, this is the honest-to-God truth. You have to do the work for you, period. You have to lift the weights for yourself. You have to walk yourself around the block. You have to cook your food. You've got to figure out what works for you. And the most frustrating thing with the opportunity with wellness is that wellness is a lifelong journey. So you're gonna have so you're just gonna have your ups and you're gonna have your downs, you're gonna have to figure out what works for you. But when you finally figure it out, you can accelerate your success in ways that other people cannot. But at the end of the day, you've got to figure out what works for you. And it's frustrating in the very beginning because you'll see other people experiencing perhaps greater results or the results that you wish that you had. But when you finally crack the code for your own body and you stop looking to the left and to the right, I'm telling you, you will soar and you will find so much more happiness. And then you'll look at stuff on social media and be like, you know what? This doesn't serve me anymore. Or this does serve me
0: you can pick and choose more mindfully from a place of education once you figure those things out. And I think that's something you've always done really well is like you focus on the education versus telling someone to follow and copy something. Yeah. Because people come onto social media and here's the thing. I I feel like I sound judgmental and I want to validate some concerns for listeners. I know why people want to copy and paste. I know why followers and people in this, you know, social media community want to see a viral TikTok video of someone who looks the way they want to look or says they were cured of something and they want to gravitate toward it because there are so many barriers in our healthcare, in the U.S. at least. You know, it's hard to gain access to someone who's going to, you know, do a comprehensive look at your wellness and customize a plan for you. (laughs) I know it's hard. Health and wellness can be expensive too. And I think people are in pain or suffering from disease or feeling stagnant and finding something fast and quick on social media or some, you know, copy and paste plan seems like a very easy way to get out of the place that they are. Yeah, But it's it doesn't actually work. And following exactly what someone else is doing isn't going to get you out. But I understand the desperation and that's why I don't want to sound judgmental.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, agree with you on that. And, you know, And that's really like what it is. Uh, Oftentimes it's just you're desperate. People are desperate for a change. And I get it because I've been there, Um, you know, but you you just have to, once you finally kind of realize that, hey, it's not going to work unless I do it, then you'll stop being frustrated like that. and You'll just accept things as they are.
0: It starts with you. It ends with you. You have to make your own motivation. I've learned this the hard way so many times. Like you can't be passive when it comes to changing your health and expect that, you know, these things will just come to me. Motivation will come to me. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) You have to get out there yourself.
1: Correct. Yeah, And, you know, when I look back at the times where I've been like most frustrated, even today, you know, when I'm trying to like do something and, you know, like get in shape for something, um, I find myself disappointed whenever I start to go back to un- unhealthful habits, meaning yeah. start comparing to everybody else. Right. Look at this person over here. Well, they're doing this or look at their physique and they're only, you know, working out like this. So you got to get out of that mindset and just focus on you and what works for you.
0: Right. And that's a great tip for navigating wellness social media in a healthier way, like having a healthier relationship with health talk essentially is going in and being aware of where your mind's at, where your energy is at. If you're looking at someone and comparing or you're looking at something and feeling maybe desperate, right? Like, oh my God, like, is this the answer to my problems? Maybe then it's time to, you know, close that app, log out, take some time for yourself. But if you can go in and be aware of those cues and be like, okay, I kind of feel myself going into comparison. Like, why don't I look like this person? Maybe just swipe past it.
1: Mm-hmm. Just swipe past it. There are a lot of people too that I've followed before and they're friends and people that I've met, you know, like at different conferences that I mean that I agree with their content. I'll just mute their feed. I don't unfollow oh, them. I'll just mute it. Yeah. And then right. I, when I'm feeling, you know, if I, I may go and visit their page again and be like, oh, okay. I I can, I can do this now. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just don't want to look at stuff.
0: (laughs) And it's a good point to like, you're, you've been in this for so long and people look to you like, Oh, he must never have that kind of problem. But you know, we go through cycles. We're all human beings. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the health world or, you know, how many credentials you have, you still go through those ups and downs of how you feel about yourself and your health and social media. It's like a cyclical thing.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I think it's very helpful to, um, just to unfollow and unfollow and mute things that you know that no longer serve you but i I'm a huge fan of just muting feeds uh, um, especially if you're trying to maintain like certain like relationships you could just mute it and, and keep it moving um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the strategy I love it yeah. I know. <laughs> are you ever able to take a social media break with the work that you do
1: yes and no so that's one thing that I'm really focused on for the next um, two years or so, I'd like to be able to be in a position where I'm not really even depending on or leveraging social media as much from a personal standpoint. And nice. I, I just like, I mean, again, I like the promise of it and the opportunities, but I, I'm just kind of, I've had my fair share of social media, yeah. I think, for my lifetime. And I literally do mean lifetime, like if I didn't have to, <laughs> I didn't have to uh, yeah. I know it's a necessary um, quote unquote evil
0: I was just going to say necessary
1: people. <laughs> um, <laughs> it really is. So, But what I've tried to do, though, is that like uh, two years ago, what I would do is I would I would make a vacation like week. And I just have that week like by myself. And I'd let my followers know, hey, you're going on vacation for a week and, you know, just want to do that. But um, in recent times, I stopped doing that and just stopped posting on the weekends. And that was my time to, you know, just to step away and be present in those moments. Sometimes I'll post, oftentimes no.
0: Wow. I love that you've set that boundary for yourself.
1: And it was great you know it's great and this is and this is it gets me back to my idea with like these platforms away message yeah if they hey <laughs> yeah. if they're really concerned about wellness then actually be, be concerned about it be concerned about people's mental wellness then if they facilitate that. I guarantee that they would get a lot more engagement and participation in those things rather than other stuff that they've been trying to promote. It's just going to keep getting stickier and stickier and stickier. And pretty much the pretty soon the system is just going to implode.
0: Yep. It's kind of coming back to what we've been saying, like if you focus more on the community and the content versus the virality of something and mm-hmm. the algorithm, like that's going to generate the most natural engagement. That's what real engagement is. Real engagement is putting out something that's meaningful and allowing that natural human connection in a digital space right. versus, versus, I keep coming back to the skateboard couch push-ups.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know it is. It is like that. I mean, <laughs> and maybe it's not the scout. You know, it's and maybe it's not like the skateboard push-up thing because that is, is a thing. <laughs> but also, um, I gosh, this is kind of hard, difficult to say. But just people being performative on social yeah. media in terms of their their personal lives or struggles, but it's it's played out in a way that like, oh, well, why do not you just? Re- record that did you really Christ. record yourself doing that are you crying. I'm not sure be funny but like did you put up that tripod just now and say it's like so
0: I think about this a lot actually
1: <laughs> and I'm just like did you look at all those videos you did and say okay that's the one like <laughs>
0: <laughs> a couple
1: takes <laughs> It's hard for me to get, like, I get it. I get it if you're in the middle of video and it's just like, it happens, right? Because I've been that way before, you know, talking about certain topics, you're just like, oh, man, that emotion kind of hit me, right? Right. But this idea, though, that you're like, oh, like, I I didn't know that, I mean, these are reels now.
0: Right. It's like authentic vulnerability (laughs) versus performative vulnerability. And I'm just like the last thing I want people to see on social media is my ugly cry face, so yeah. I don't personally get it but I think there are there are other ways to be vulnerable, I think,
1: yeah, but that vulnerability um lens for great engagement that's why yeah. people are doing that, so that's what I mean. <laughs> it's just like, well, then you have on the other flip side of that, you got people who are unnecessarily you know doing those things and that's dangerous too, just because it's yeah. self-serving. But what happens when people don't engage with that content anymore? How are you going to feel? And since that's tied right. to you personally, I just imagine that sting is going to hurt a little bit more.
0: Exactly. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I, I think we're talking a lot about how stuff isn't real on social media. And I know that's not like a novel concept, but I do at the same time think there is some stuff out there that's real. Like yeah. the stuff that you're putting out there is real and it's authentic. And I see people on my feed who I'm like, this is a genuine and good person who's putting mm-hmm. out real content. They're not, you know, trying to be viral. It's just they're doing great stuff. So I don't, I want to leave a little bit of optimism. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're in this space and you're scrolling through and like social media is how you're starting to gather some inspiration, motivation, for your wellness journey, like there's still good stuff on there, but coming into these spaces with the mindfulness and with the lens of like, okay, I'm going to be discerning with this content and like what Kevin said, I'm going to do my research. I think that's an important way to approach it.
1: It is. It is an important way to go and do it. And there are, you know, a lot of creators out there who are sharing a lot of great content that is very helpful. And even the ones who, you know, do the occasional shots or whatnot in between, their content is not, it's unhelpful, but, you know, but there there is a lot of hope there too, that in between all the, you know, the noise and whatnot, you find these creators who are still doing, who are still sharing great ideas. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you want a shout out or not, or, you know, or I can share you <laughs> people but but there are, yeah
0: please who do you follow who everyone else should be following right now too
1: oh okay well there are there are actually a few i'm gonna i i love and i hate this question just because whenever people ask me that, i'm like yeah fudge who are those people again and i, <laughs> I kind of you know like think about that okay so one of them um in particular so there's this there are these there are two dietitians, one's in LA or one's in California and the one, and the other one is in New York and it's called Food Heaven. They've got a great- I
0: love Food Heaven.
1: They've got a great podcast. Um, and then a, another friend of mine, her name is Monique. She's out of Chicago. She runs Ambitious Kitchen. What I love about Monique is that it's just whole foods, real foods. Um, she's got, she's a mother as well. Um and uh, she just makes like a lot of dope stuff. Period. She makes you know amazing stuff, and, and 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 um, and the ingredients are really whole, wholesome. Um, Black Forager, she's one of my favorite follows, and her name is Alexis Nicole. When I tell you. She is, it's... Oh, yes, I follow her too. Sorry, that just clicked. <laughs> yeah, like, it is the funniest stuff. Now, mind you, I'm not a vegan, I'm not a plant-based eater, and I'm certainly not out there foraging for my food, but her <laughs> content is so engaging, and it's funny, yes. and I'm just like... It's so funny. I would never just walk around and see that mushroom and be like, oh my God, I got to try this. Should I, eat it? <laughs> should I eat it? Should I eat this weed? But, but it's just so, it's so inspiring and so like, educational. So her energy is so good. Yeah, her energy is is wonderful um from a training standpoint. Um I I I do like a, there are a couple people that I like to follow on there. Um Jason Calambe, he's out of um he's out of well, I think he just moved, but Jason Calambe, he shares a lot of great like workout circuits. Um Awesome. And so he's he's another person that I would highly recommend that people follow. Um but yeah, if, if, in fact, if people want to go to my feed, Fitman Cook, and just kind of look through my following, they're, oh, I think a good call that I that I would say, like, mm, I'm not sure about here.
0: <laughs> no, that's a great call. Um, go follow Kevin on all these platforms and then see who he's following. And that's probably a really good indicator of who could populate your feed in a positive and healthy way.
1: Boom, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate you. Okay, before we get into some quick fire, get to know Kevin questions, last, I guess, more overarching question. Where do you think the wellness and nutrition and health industry is headed regardless of social media? Is there anything you see on the horizon coming up, positive, negative, hopefully positive? <laughs> what, what do you think is on the horizon?
1: You know, I don't, um, I don't know. To be honest, I, this was a question that I that I could answer very well <laughs> a couple of years ago,
0: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's just it changes so much. I I, I think, yeah. um, unfortunately, my view of the wellness industry is not as positive right now. Yeah, just because I mean that makes sense because there's just so much competition for a voice that there's not a cohesive, you know, like. Perspective on it and and not that wellness has to have like one way, right, but I think if anything, there's just going to be um, a continued sharing of ideas and ways perhaps to get well. What I would caution people um, to do is to always if they hear these sound bites and, and they're curious enough about trying something, then go and do the research if yeah. you're looking if they're saying oh you know what eating an avocado um every 2 hours will lead to lower you know like heart disease well go and take a look at that and be like you know what let me f- let me find out about that i love i love avocados and so you begin to read well who funded that research if it's up a- right. a- from mexico then you may be like all right well let's not yep. you know what i mean <laughs> so
0: yeah like the collagen studies that are mostly funded by the collagen brands
1: correct You've got to have to realize like, all right, this is it's crafted for, you know, like from from this industry, from the people who are actually trying to push it because they get to benefit from it. Yeah,
0: They stand to make a buck. (laughs) Right.
1: So I don't think there's going to be a deficit of ideas about how we can get well. Um, I just think, if anything, it's just it is and this is the sad part. I believe a wellness, and I'm trying to in, end up on a um, on a positive note. Here <laughs> it's okay to be honest. <laughs> I, I think that, like, you can look at this in two ways because because of our heightened sense of what is well. I think that companies are becoming a lot more transparent, or trying right. to become a lot more, uh, you know, like transparent. Um, and on the flip side of that, I think that. We, there's a race to create products around wellness. So right. it's the further marketing of wellness as a business. and, the, and Commodification. Yeah. yeah. And so the more that we do that, then the less wellness, that wellness conversation becomes, it's accessible to everybody and it's only accessible to those who can afford it. Yeah, it's so true. And
0: well, maybe not, that's, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say, maybe that's something, not like we're starting a trend here, but something to think about going forward yeah. in the wellness world is like, you don't have to buy your health. Like There are ways you can make yourself healthier, live a healthier lifestyle that have nothing to do with buying supplements and products.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It has nothing to do with that. And um, yeah, I, I, I think we just need a lot more people with those voices to share that.
0: I know. I'm hoping we can find a platform that supports these,
1: <laughs> these messages and these
0: voices because I, I want both of us to keep talking about how to live more healthfully, live happier, live longer, longer, happier, and healthier. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> hey,
1: that's my motto too. Well, this yes. is fine podcast is a, great, is a great way to start that conversation. So, thank you for providing a platform for us to talk about Aww. these things. And um, I know I said that I'm fine at the top of the podcast. I am continue to be fine. And I I just (laughs) that people listening are like, oh, wow, it wasn't as positive (laughs) I don't have as a person in social media. I don't have the most positive viewpoint of it, of of this technology um, now just because of everything that has happened and because the leadership behind it is much more driven by money than anything else. but I do think there are a lot of opportunities for us if we will allow the cultural shift <laughs> ourselves to go back to what's most important. And that's back to ideas things. to help people be well. We can get out of the lens of looking at it through, well, for all because purposes, because this famous influencer who's got this body that was surgically engineered <laughs> they got to go and do keto, right? Then, right. Then, you know, if we can get, if we can stop more of that, if we can hold magazines accountable and say, hey, can you stop putting people on your cover that have clearly had surgery, clear, right. um have an unhealthy relationship with food because they're talking about, I eat 10 bananas a day and that's it. <laughs> we've got to stop that. We've just, we've just. Which
0: is not an exaggeration. Like people say that stuff. <laughs> Correct. Like
1: <laughs> this is not a thing. No. (laughs) This is not a thing, y'all. Oh my God. Well, I
0: do want to point out, oh, sorry, please go ahead. Um, I want to point out that like, although this might not be a topic that I guess shines a light on your optimism, I think you are one of the most like optimistic and fun people (laughs) that I have ever met. Like you have such like a joie de vivre and you're so, I mean, the times that I've spent with you, so happy and, um, it's just like a warm energy that you share with people. Oh, so thanks. I figured maybe maybe to share more about your, uh, your uh, zest for life. Yeah. I would, I would love to ask um, some personal questions if that's cool. Go right ahead. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, starting off with food, obviously, what are your favorite treats or indulgences? burger. Ooh, yum. Okay. Favorite recipe you've ever created?
1: Mm, that's it. That's... I've never had that question. I, I don't think I can... Wait, really? Yeah, I've never had that question. My favorite recipe I've ever created, I... I'm
0: I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, no. I'm thinking
1: I just... Because I just love food. Um, I know. I'm the I, same
0: way. Are you a Taurus?
1: I am a Taurus.
0: Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: <laughs>
0: the food lovers of the Zodiac. I, I was raised by a Taurus, so I'm I'm right there with you.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I don't have... I don't
0: have, um... (laughs) You're like, I just love them all. They're all like my children. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I love, I love food. So, yeah.
0: Okay, all of them are the favorites. Okay, what about, okay, on the flip side, a healthy food that you cannot stand?
1: Brussels sprouts.
0: Really? Okay, I feel like you've talked about this before. It's like less shocking, but I'm like, how could you? No, I get it. No, I did, (laughs) I
1: I did this DNA test a while back, um, a a couple years ago, and, um... I've always said throughout the years that people have followed me, I'm like, oh, my God, I hate Brussels sprouts. So you won't see a lot of them on my channel. And I always looked right. around. So I did this health test um, for DNA and it came back and they said, you have a really strong bitter taste sensitivity. You, you probably oh. hate foods like top two, beer and Brussels sprouts. And I wow. thank you. I, I <laughs> hate both of those equally, like <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> the
0: validation you needed from science. Oh, my
1: God. It's like I'm i am genetically engineered to not like these foods.
0: <laughs> Wait, I need to do this because I'm like, someone make me feel better for not liking carrots. I feel like such a pariah in the health world. I cannot stand carrots.
1: Same. I don't like carrots because in, they're close to to me with like red beets. I don't like... Same. Loo. I hate those too. Yes. I hate... Oh my God. Things. I was like, can you just be either sweet or not? This. Right. Yes. Pick a lane. <laughs> like this lukewarm stuff. Ugh, it, just, yeah. it, tastes like, it tastes like sweet dirt.
0: Yeah, it's dirt. Oh, my God. This is extremely validating for me right now. <laughs> Carrots and beets, you're out. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone who likes them. You, you keep doing you. No. Um, okay. Well, this is similar, and I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this one because you love food so much, but best meal you've ever had? Restaurant, traveling… Or a highlight meal.
1: Um, highlight meal. Highlight meal. Oh, okay. Two. There's one. The one time I went to Cali, Colombia, for this, um, for for an event, and there was a chef that was there. He kept asking me to come to his restaurant. He made like he made great like ceviche, and I go Ooh. there, and he's like, "What are you going to make?" And I said, "I don't know, just whatever." He brings out like one of the most the craziest like five course meal. And not only was it just, it was visually stunning, but it just tasted so good. Like I love Peruvian and Colombian food so much. So he killed it. And then the, one of my other favorite meals um, would probably have to be, um, it was a picnic that this date took me on and I had never really had someone take me out before. And she oh. she took me on this date in downtown Houston, and she just made me a cold cut sandwich at the picnic, and it was just one of the best things ever. And so I, I, I share that because food tastes differently based off of where you are and who you're with. So if you could create great memories around healthful foods, with, um, like with your family with your loved ones, that's also a proven way to kind of start like a great healthy habit.
0: Yeah. So That's making me emotional. I think I'm having just like a hormonally emotional day because I'm like (laughs) cheering up thinking about it. (laughs) But it's true. That's the secret ingredient. is like that love and that memory. And it's like the vibes are right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of which, I, I know that you love connecting over meals, as you just said, something that you love to cook for family and friends. You're having people over. What are you making? What's like a default recipe for you?
1: Oh, probably salmon, just because I love it so much I could eat it all the yeah. time. So different ways to prepare salmon is probably going to be in front of them.
0: Your salmon burger is one of my favorite recipes, oh, by the way. sweet. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so you're also a dog dad. What does Max eat?
1: Oh, gosh. Max has a very sensitive stomach, so he eats now this Purina Beyond beyond Purina, but it's actually food. Okay. It's not like... You know, Beyond Burger or anything like that, um, <laughs> but it is called Dion. And so he eats that, and he also loves, just like his father, um, rotisserie chicken. So Aww. that's part of our weekend thing where I'll get a rotisserie chicken and, you know, pull back the skin. Either I'm using it for my meal prep or making some soup, and I'm giving him the bones and some of the white meat. He loves it, like tears it up. He's just
0: living his best life. Yeah, he loves <laughs> Love that for Max. white
1: meat. Yeah.
0: So cute. Okay. Um, a little bit easier of a question than uh, putting you on the spot with all your recipes. What's on your playlist right now? What kind of music are you listening to?
1: Um, I usually just listen to a whole lot of podcasts to be quite honest with you. I'm in this really, um, contemplative and pensive state. Uh, maybe it's called introspective, um, going through a lot of therapy and that has been really helpful for me. Um, Just to understand a lot more, I encourage a lot of people out there to go and do this. I've always been an advocate for for therapy. This form of therapy is a little bit, was very surprising. I wasn't trying to do it. It's called psychotherapy. And so a lot of it is unpacking some of the things, basically unpacking our why, like why we do some of the things that we do and why, 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 why let like, we communicate, why, um, why are we triggered by certain things. And I've never really thought about this before. And um, it's challenging me in new ways just because I've shared a little bit about my, my wellness journey with my followers. And I'll share this with you, which will eventually, I guess, like be public. But being diagnosed, I've been diagnosed with like depression, of course, depression disorder, anxiety disorder, all those things, bipolar too. You know, taking medication for those things now, and it's been largely helpful. but one thing that therapy is getting me to realize, and my therapist said she's in no way discouraging me taking medication, and make me feel better, but she says honestly i on, I think that in some cases you don't you know I think that was a misdiagnosis. I think that over mm-hmm. all these years, you have just had unresolved trauma that you have not processed yet, wow, and the more and more I'm kinda of learning about those things and talking about things I've kept inside since I was like a young kid, the freer I feel. And my relationships are changing now just because you're viewing the world differently. Um and so what's on my podcast right now are just like I just need something that's kinda of light. So I'll listen to the daily podcast. Uh, I'll nice. listen to other like inspirational ones. Um And so, yeah, that's what's on my podcast. I mean, you know, my playlist right now.
0: That's amazing. And I'm so happy and grateful you were able to feel comfortable sharing your therapy journey with us. We talk a lot about mental health on this show. And uh, as you know, we've had you know talks before. I've also gone through the the depression diagnosis and the therapy, and yeah. <laughs> I've have done all that trauma unpacking. And <laughs> it <laughs> it's uh you got to dig up the hard stuff yeah. before before you can really heal it. But like unearthing, while very uncomfortable, is a very very healing time. Yeah. Um, so I'm sending you a lot of good energy while oh, you go through that. thank you. This. I really appreciate yeah. that. Oh, of course. Um, okay. Well, we're gonna end with maybe two little lighter questions. (laughs) If you could teleport anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Morocco. Oh, beautiful. I know you're a fan of good TV binging. (laughs) Are you watching anything fun right now that you can share with us? You
1: know, I just finished up the the Dahmer series and... um, Oh, dark. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... And I generally don't watch shows like that um, because I always... Feel like conflicted i'm like well why am i going to watch a show about someone slaughtering someone else's family because i know <laughs> exactly that type of way but somebody was encouraging me so i finally put it on what i did like about it again grain of salt because if you're a victim or tied to one of these victims you have the right to say and feel the way you feel like and i think what you say is law um <laughs> what, what i appreciated about this series though was they humanized the victims like I've never oh. like they humanized the 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 players involved. So you did see this side of Dharma. Not that you're good, you know. You're he's like a sympathetic character, but you do see this like oh okay, based off of his past and whatnot. And he's been you know he's been sick for a minute now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're missing those 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 cues. Um, so I think it was helpful for people to see. So that way we don't we don't repeat that, but also you, you kind of get to find out why 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 people's lives mattered, why the people's right. and it was large. It was honestly I watched Dahmer and it was less about Jeffrey Dahmer and it was much more about Black Lives Matter to me. Wow. In my, in okay. My opinion and just see to see how the you know how the system has failed communities and addressing um a lot of these issues and so when people think about certain movements and whatnot they'll have this idea like it's just about xyz no it's about like when people are sounding the alarms who is believing who's not wow so
0: you looked at this with like such a psychological and anthropological lens (laughs) where i'm like i'm scared
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's but it's it's definitely worth a binge. But I can honestly too, understand people who who would not want to support that.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, the way that you looked at it, I feel like anyone who was semi curious about it is going to be very interested now. So thank you for sharing your TV, Ben. No, oh,
1: thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I might uh,
0: I might just have to rewatch Bridgerton. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. so my quote unquote, maybe I wouldn't call this trash TV, but stuff that I really <laughs> love. Married at First Sight, 90 Day Fiance, I watch those things. Oh. And The First 48 and 60 Days In, those are my shows that are on my repeat, you know, in my, my little DVR that I've got to watch each week.
0: Yes, the comfort shows. Yes. We love a comfort show. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love a good, entertaining show. <laughs> yes,
0: that kind of stuff that just takes your mind off of yeah. your life and everything that's Requires going on around. I love that.
1: <laughs> yes, Very exactly. Limited. We
0: we need more of that. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Kevin! Thank you so much. It was such a joy to get to talk to you. It's been so long since we've talked, so thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you for sharing your vulnerability, your wisdom, your insight on the industry, your tips and advice for people who are trying to live longer, healthier, and happier. Before we go, can you share a bit about your podcast right now?
1: Yeah, you know, we just launched um, my podcast. It's called it's called At the Table. We are still developing um, the concept and the ideas behind it, but this uh, we, we filmed two we filmed three episodes already um, and we're rolling them out. Each episode is accompanied by a little mini documentary that is on my YouTube channel, so youtube.com slash fitmancook. And the theme of our season one for our first six episodes before we start getting into the fun stuff, kind of like the way that you do. Um, We are interrogating sustainability in different ways of our lives. So the first episode was about sustainable satiety, which is sustainable satisfaction, looking at at the food system, looking at food, food insecurity, sitting down with some professionals um, or rather some experts who work in that field and understanding what we could all do to make sure that our neighbors aren't going hungry. The second episode was sustainable happiness and the ways that we can be a lot more resilient in life and bounce back after life punches us really hard in the stomach. How do we sustain yeah. that happiness? Kind of sit down with two people who had to go through that and also talk to other players there. And then the third one that we're um, that we're working on this week is sustainable performance, um, which I'm really excited about um, with that one because I was able to to talk to one of my trainers. Um, you know, about the topic. So yeah, but you can find it at the table talks. um, And it's available on any platform where you you decide to get your podcast. But I think that people, the podcast is just the actual sit down. So we're always sitting down at, at the table eating something. So you may here some of like the plates and scraping and stuff <laughs> but if you go to youtube.com slash you can see see the mini documentaries that we're putting together so it's a it's half and half it's half we're using some of the clips the clips and snippets of the podcast to craft this story about the overall topic
0: I love this. And we will link to that in the description of this episode. So if you're listening right now and you want to jump over to Kevin's channel, all those hyperlinks will be included. (laughs) Sweet. Kevin, you're the best. Thank Thank you. Appreciate you. (laughs) Again, today's episode was brought to you by Smudge Wellness. So head over that way if you want to grab some crystals before you do a social media detox where we just like me and put beautiful rocks all over your house. SmudgeWellness.com code. This is fine. 20 for your exclusive 20% off discount. All right, beauties. Love you so much. Je vous aime beaucoup. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Kevin today and that you now have some ideas on how to have a better relationship with your social media, particularly on those wellness channels. To hear more from Kevin, click the hyperlinks in the episode description to get to his Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and new podcast at the table. That way, you can connect with him no matter what happens to social media platforms. Happy October. Let's take really good care of ourselves this month, shall we? We're going to build on this topic next week and talk about when self care actually becomes stressful and unhealthy, when it starts to become all consuming. When did self care become this out of control? Let's cut that shit out. It's gonna be a fun conversation, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. I almost released it this week, but I am practicing patience. Anyway, let us know how you're doing, how you're taking care of yourself. Or share what you want to learn more about next. I am Fine at thisisfinepodcast.com is our email. You know what to do. I'll see you soon. A pienso. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com.